I'm Agent Mobius, by the way. Are you taking me somewhere to kill me? No, that's where you just were. I'm taking you someplace to talk. Well, I don't like to talk. But you do like to lie, which you just did. Because we both know you love to talk. Talkie, talkie. How long have you been here? I don't know, it's hard to say. You know, time passes differently here in the TVA. What does that mean? You'll catch up. So you're part of the TVA's courageous and dedicated workforce? Yes. You were created by the timekeepers? Yep. To protect the sacred timeline? Correct. <laughs> Is that funny? The idea that your little club decides the fate of trillions of people across all of existence at the behest of three space lizards? Yes, it's funny. It's absurd. I thought you didn't like to talk. Cinematic Universe is in the can. Phase 5 has technically begun at this moment on Saturday, February 18th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. East Travis Roy, I'm Michael Govier. There's no Eric Branchum. This is a special edition. This is the long-anticipated, highly controversial in terms of getting it getting it going uh, MCU Phase 4 review and analysis. We're going to go through every project that was done in phase four travis you have created a list in not chronological order but in your preferred order from best to worst or worst to best in in, in what kind of order was that um yeah. <laughs> uh yeah you know we, we we talked about doing it in chronological order and then we decided yeah let's let's do it in because i made a list of I ranked them, you know, my preferred order here from worst to best. We're going to walk through all 18 projects of phase four. And I watched uh, the new Ant-Man Quantumania this morning. I will uh, give my thoughts on that briefly at the end, I guess. But uh, I'm excited to finally do this. You know, I, I love Eric, our co-host, deeply, and he loves us, but he kind of hates the MCU, um, even though he watches some of them kind of to shit on them and so he has a very smarmy approach to the mcu as he well knows and um so he kindly is not joining us today much to his delight he's very happy to not be joining us uh but so this is an opportunity for me and mike to really dig into the mcu uh, we only ever did 
on this show, we talked about Thor Ragnarok, and that's about it. So I'm excited to, you know, because it's a big part of my life, and it yours, is for you. We're big fans of this whole this whole thing they've been doing since 2008. So uh, I'm happy to get into Phase Four with you. Oddly enough, I do understand Eric's point of view, though. Like I, I watch this stuff and I enjoy it, but I also completely, not so much. I think what the MCU is an absolute historical achievement in cinema bar none just the fact that the they've been able to create a world through many not like three films not a trilogy we're talking dozens of films and tv shows so that's so awesome for somebody who grew up loving whenever a tv show or a movie would reference continuity at all (laughs) that was for me i just came in my pants all the time because i love that about this and even if i agree that part of the mcu's problem is not their problem it's just the hollywood problem that there's sure. a lot of sterile, uh, play it safe, what the audience likes, we'll stick with this stuff. That's not, I don't blame the MCU for that. I just blame people who are cowards and afraid to create real art. And there's still art out there. There's still art house pictures that still exist. I, I think that's some of Eric's beef and I and with Disney itself as well, being too much of a conglomerate, that's another issue. So yeah. I understand some of his issues, but I still watch this stuff and I really enjoy it. You, you know, as 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 I yeah, I agree. I mean that I understand. I I, I don't feel the same, but I, I understand because a lot of people feel that way about genre film in general. And to me, genre films are usually my favorite kinds of movies. So hmm. um, I am I'm often defending horror and superhero films That's true. and sci-fi and the like. Um, but should we get started? What do you think? Let's play ball. Okay, we're gonna go from least preferred in my opinion to most preferred let's be clear here people travis did all the work he created a list so i'm gonna play off that list i do have my opinions but kudos to travis on this well done sir oh i it didn't take much you know just um tinkering reordering i did i did rewatch every single thing here so everything i've from phase four i've watched at least twice some a few times uh, just to make sure how I felt about it. After I rewatched everything, I did kind of retweak my list a little bit. So let's start with um, with one from last year. My least favorite project from the uh, Phase Four is the second highest grossing film of the Phase Four movies, which is Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange and <laughs> Multiverse of madness this this to me was a tremendous disappointment i i we actually have talked about this some on the main show so i won't go too deeply into this um suffice it to say that for me my main gripe with this film or gripes i should say is that i don't feel like it's plugged into what was going on with wandavision and loki and other things that were happening that were being presented i don't think it was i you know sam raimi very famously said i didn't watch those shows and it really showed in his movie that he didn't care about that stuff because it so it didn't so the, the lack of connection felt like disrespectful to me based on what everyone else has been doing and then also sam raimi who i ordinarily like i did not think his whole deadite approach worked i was constantly reminded watching the movie that i was watching a sam raimi movie as opposed to feeling like i'm watching a marvel movie and i know for a lot of people that that you know that they they really dug that because it kind of like twisted the new mark you know the marvel formula for them but for me it took me out of it yeah i agreed with you when i watched it you had watched it first i watched it about a month after you did and i remember it fondly because i really like you know i i didn't always enjoy dr strange as much as a character before the MCU, but I really liked 
the approach. I mean, yeah, there was some there's some Tony Starkish stuff in Doctor Strange. Some people have criticized that, like, oh, it's kind of like they're similar characters. But I, 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 there's various differences. You know, Doctor Strange has this incredible, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. This uh, he has this gravitas to him that I don't think comes with Iron Man, which is fine because that to me separates the characters. And in the end, it. <sighs> I don't like horror movies and I was surprised like how horror it got because to me, Dr. Strange, it wasn't, you could make it a horror movie if you wanted to, but it had to connect, like you said, to the other parts of the phase, which doesn't make sense to me. It was, it was about mysticism and, you know, and the multiverse, of course, we're into the multiverse of madness. And in the first movie of Dr. Strange, we get him, you know, the classic scene where <laughs> I've come to bargain, you know, the, like he's out there in the multiverse, in the dark world, the beyond, whatever you want to call it. I know they have technical terms of forgetting them, but I really just kind of tuned out by about hour and 15 minutes in. I did. And so I basically agree yeah. with you. Yeah, it was just a little rushed and uh, disjointed, wh like which is a complaint that a lot of people have about Phase Four generally. And I have to agree that you know Phase One, I think we can be generous towards because they were building something there. Phase Two and Phase Three, very like laser focused. Um, the occasional misstep. I mean, like remember, I don't remember. I think it was the end of Age of Ultron where it showed. Thanos like open up the thing and he's got the gauntlet. It's like I'll do it myself, and then like yeah. the gauntlet gets formed again later. So there, there Much is some brighter that purple that day too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tone down the purple. Yeah. Um, so definitely there was um you know some disjointedness before as well. But to me, multiverse of madness is representative of the failures of Phase Four, which overall I'm very happy with. I look at this list, I see I see 16 projects that I love. And one that I'm indifferent about and one that I straight up disliked, which was Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I just feel like Multiverse was an opportunity to open more doors to some other, to other projects in the coming phase. Again, we don't know. You know we're not going to we haven't seen phase five yet. So we don't know how that's going to play out from this movie, we, which is the only benefit of the doubt I give it. But otherwise, yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't want to watch it again. I didn't. I don't blame you. I, I did it like as, oh, it kind of as a chore. I mean, I kind of was like, you know, I want to make sure that I have this feeling, you know, that that I, that I wasn't just disappointed in the, you know, the first the one, experience. Yeah, yeah. The one exception I will say, the one part I really did enjoy is when, you know, you get to see John Krasinski as mm -hmm. you know, Mr. Fantastic. Now he's down here, by the way, if you're watching live or seeing this later. That was, he looks so perfect as a character and I got so excited and I like wanted, I'm like, can I get more of this in the movie? Could we go in this direction? And they're like, no, nah, we're just going to fuck with you and this will never happen. So. Yeah, that was, there was like these tantalizing moments that instead ended up feeling empty because you're like, oh, Professor X. Oh, he's gone. Yeah, Captain okay. America. Peggy is Captain, you know, Mrs. Captain America. Carter. Whatever. Right. Captain Carter, right. I was like, oh, sweet. This is awesome. I, I, I wanted that movie. That's actually more of an indictment of the film that I wanted to go <laughs> over there. Right. And and that's another and to wrap up my thoughts on it, at least um, that you are constantly wanting more of other characters and not getting a ton of Doctor Strange himself in his second movie. That's a good is point. A problem. You know, it's a problem. Yep. Um, so moving on. Yes, sir. Uh, did you end up watching I Am Groot? Because that was at number 17 for me. I honestly did not watch it, so okay. I'll I, I'll just I didn't even care enough. It, did I miss something big here? I mean, you did not. You, you did not okay. miss something big here. Um, these are these are fun little shorts, not directed by James Gunn or written by James Gunn, and to me that shows. Um, it's it's bad enough. 
Oh, not bad. I mean, okay. Each one of these shorts, and there's six of them, I believe, is about three minutes long. If you cut out the credits and all that stuff, oh. that's a that's a very short short. Like that's that's a like blink. Okay, YouTube miss- short. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Extremely short. And somehow in that time they managed to like do things with the character of Groot that I'm like, that's not my Groot. Groot wouldn't do that. Like this is just a few things. I don't want to ruin too much. But for instance, like he he kind of like kills a couple people or like civilizations at one point. Uh not exactly but he thinks he does. Um not so much a civilization one, but the very last episode in particular, he like kills this alien that he's dancing with for like no reason. And it just kind of has like these moments where he's vindictive and, and like harsh and weird. And I'm like, why is he such a dick? How is that version? different than when he was teenage? I mean, teenage Groot, who was like angsty and teenage group, we accepted that he was kind of a dick because he was going through growing pains. I assume this was didn't have that same charm or. Well, I mean, I don't remember teenage group killing folk. No, you're right. Um, that's that's like, a difference, but he was like a, a dick. Yeah, maybe a bit of a dick. So, at any rate, it's. I mean, it wasn't like a huge. It wasn't like a Toy Story four betrayal of the character, but it was a. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it was. But it was kind of like I. I could tell it wasn't the same usual crew. It just felt not quite like him. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. So not not missing too much there, but if you're ever you know it's not going to hurt to it's twenty minutes take of a your dump. life. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'll squeeze it in. Yeah. Squ- squeeze squ- as you squeeze, squeeze it out. Um, <laughs> gross so uh sitting at number 16 i'm actually wearing a t-shirt for uh because i liked it i don't love it i like everything from here up um i i but part of the reason i revisited you know felt the need to revisit dr strange in the multiverse of madness it was because sometimes that first viewing is your second viewing changes it and my first viewing of thor love and thunder i was like this is pretty great this is fun and everyone complained about it. I'm like, well, maybe, you know, I don't know. And then I went and watched it again. I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, there, I, I see, I see some of the issues here. There's a, there's a, there's like two movies shoved into one here when they, they need to focus on one plot instead of two and uh, a little light for all of the death and uh, <laughs> dying and grief, you know, all the stuff that's associated with the film. And then there's just like goofiness, uh, which is fine, but, and I'm sorry, dude, like uh, Russell Crowe is Zeus. I find extremely grating that accent. Um, I just <laughs> I you know, he apparently found it during the shoot and everyone loved it. It's like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. But there is <laughs> stuff I love. Got more of Korg, which I'm happy with. I love the goats. Uh, I, I love Valkyrie and we got more of her, too. Uh, so, you know, there's there's plenty here to love. And I, I thought that that Natalie Portman did great as 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 you know as Thor as as yeah, Jane no Foster in this version. I, I I wanted more of her really. Um. So I'm I'm and of course I was pretty happy to see Hercules be introduced at the end there. Which what about Mister uh, Bale? Uh, and of course you know Christian Bale is like. <laughs> Uh, delivering a performance above the rest, right? Like he's in a different movie. (laughs) (laughs) I can just see he probably like lived underneath his stairs for six months in preparation for this film. Didn't see the light of day. You know what I mean? Just overdoing it while everybody else is just showing up with like a a Starbucks in their hand. Um, Yeah, overdoing the the, the role. But uh, he was great. He was great in it. One of the great things about Love and Thunder, I think, is the villain – not so much his portrayal of it. His portrayal's fine. It's Bale. Bale's being Bale, and yeah. he's taking himself very seriously, as he should. 
His right. daughter's been killed. That's part of the problem. So I would be pretty pissed too. Uh, yeah. But what I loved about Love and Thunder is this, it's an attack on deities. Yes. I yes. dig that. I'm down with that. That that's a, It's kind of like Thanos where you're like, okay, he's a dick, but you kind of get his point a little bit. You know, I, I love villains where they're not just villains for the sake of being villains, right? There's been so many Marvel villains that we could sweep under the rug. So that's one of the treats for me with Love and Thunder. It's funny. Uh, yeah, I, Russell Crowe in the whole sequence, you know, with Zeus, that was... It was pretty wild. It was pretty silly and funny. I enjoyed it. Maybe he's he was over the top. That's that's fine. I could roll yeah. with that. Uh, you know, stripping Thor naked was funny and <laughs> like it, You're right. It's just a strange amalgamation of a film that does seem rushed. It did. It it or it seemed like uh, there was disagreements about what to cut, what not to cut. And I think we yeah. talked about this on our uh, main show too back when it first came out and we talked about how maybe uh, Watiti was focused on other things and maybe didn't give this project its full attention. I can't prove that, but he's 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 been very busy and had tons yeah. of offers and his career skyrocketed and well-deserved. We love with TT here, obviously. But maybe this movie suffered from some of that. The performances are all solid. And in the end, it does kind of seem like two movies. He, he said that there's like a three and a half or like a four hour version movie oh, yes. of this movie or something, but that they'll never see the light of day. And it, and it shows like he just he just spread himself too thin here. He needed to because we want I wanted more of Christian Bale. I wanted more of Natalie Portman's character. And if you're going to do both of those uh, Fred's justice, you, you kind of needed to do one or the other. I will say yeah. that this is two Thor movies in a row that Taika Waititi managed to uh, wedge an orgy joke in there. So kudos oh. to him on that. Yeah. <laughs> also, well, a classic death scene with uh, Jamie Alexander <laughs> made me laugh out loud, even though you're not supposed to Wait, maybe I, laugh at death scenes when I'm she's blanking. dying. She wants to die to go to Valhalla. Remember, like he finds uh, Sif, the big strong woman who's not Valkyrie. The oh, other, is, that, uh, is that the actor's name, Jamie Alexander? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's her name. I, it, I, I got was. a good laugh out of that scene because everybody, you know, people have to die in battle to go to Valhalla. That was one of the running <laughs> jokes in the film. Uh, yeah. It's a movie I did watch twice. I wanted to double check, and I'm kind of like, I love Thor. Thor is actually one of my favorites. Mine too. At least even before the MCU, I always loved Thor's got so many great costumes and yeah. uh, all the stuff he has and toys to play with, which you would think Iron Man has all that shit, but I love Thor. I hope, I'm going to let this one slide, but I'm with you. I'm kind of like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I would have liked to have seen more of him with, with the Guardians, and I agree that Thor is oh, one yeah. of my all He's one of my absolute favorite characters, and um, because of the the explorations of grief and loss and the comedy, it. But um, this one just was it wasn't Ragnarok, and I guess yeah, the Guardians are in there. You just yeah, we throw that in too. They actually were in this yeah. film for a bit, right. so yeah, yeah. could have yeah, could have should have done a whole movie with them all together, in my opinion. But whatever. Uh, so my number fifteen, I guess I should have written right. the numbers next to this here. Um, I revisited, uh, you know, all of the shows and I liked all the shows and I liked this show, but the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was my least favorite of uh -oh. the uh, Disney Plus shows. I thought it was disagreement great. Disagreement time. Okay, we had to eventually. I mean, I thought it was great, um, but I felt like there was just... Um, I don't know. There was kind of an energy that was missing. Like, you know, maybe it's Captain America, you know, the Steve Rogers himself, but there was just, there was just something that felt like it was missing to me. And then there were parts that felt a bit dragged out. Um, the, the Sharon Carter stuff kind of threw me at the time, but now that I know, 
um, that they're building up the secret invasion. I'm thinking that she's probably a scroll because that would kind of explain what's going on with why her character was changed so drastically. Um, so I overall liked it, but yeah, it, it was. So I did have some issues with it. I, I thought U.S. Agent was great. I, I really liked um, uh, what's Wyatt Russell. Russell. Yeah, Wyatt Russell. I really liked Wyatt Russell in the role. I really liked yeah. U.S. Agent, and uh, a lot of people hated him and hated. Oh, really? That character? Yeah. He, so, well, they're supposed like, to. Yeah, but he like people were like like he had to get off social media and stuff. People were like uh, being mean to him. I'm like, dude, what? It's a fucking character. Come on. Uh, but I, I thought yeah. I, I I look forward to more of that character and that actor in um, Thunderbolts because I think he's a really compelling character. Yeah, and we saw uh, which we'll talk about Wakanda forever eventually on this list. Uh, yeah. We had the introduction of Julia Weed Dreyfus into the MCU on this show, and well, I she was introduced. Oh, she, she was, was before that on this show. She was introduced in. Captain America and the Winter and Falcon and the Winter Soldiers when she was introduced. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, okay. we saw I, her I, again I, in Wakanda Forever, and then uh, uh, sorry, I didn't speak clearly, but I, I misunderstood. I don't know. I didn't know her character as well. Like, I wasn't familiar with yeah. who she, uh, in comic book realm in lore. So, but Lady um, Hydra, Lady Hydra, I believe. Okay. Yeah. I like the purple. Uh, you know, that's fun. But I remember when I watched this movie, I really was torn because I was really digging it, but I'm like, wait a minute, is this is this forced? Is this too? Because uh, there, this show is about people of color. It is. There's a huge aspect yeah. of the historical oppression of people of color, and having yeah. a black man rise into Captain America would piss a lot of people off. I, not that we agree with that at all, but right. it's we know it's out there. This is the fucking and, United States. So and the hidden Captain America, you know, the hidden yes, Isaiah, the older the, dude, the, right? That, that that had been hidden, like they. they, they I, so I really like that aspect of it. That the fact that Falcon or Captain America is a case. Sam Wilson couldn't get a fucking bank loan. You know, I mean, like you're watching all of these other projects and all these other Avengers are doing very, very well. They're not struggling to hold on to the family boat. Yes. Kind of stuff. So I thought that that was really cool that they included that kind of shit. I mean, it sucks, but you know what I mean? But your beef is that it lags, drags I a just, bit. I felt like it. I mean, again, I liked it. I mean, I don't have right. a huge beef. And, the and energy I, and was I liked, missing, you said. So. Yeah, there's this. I just felt like there was some kind of I just felt it was the energy was a little uneven. I liked the, the villains. I liked the. The fact that the villains, I agreed with their purpose. They're like yes. trying to destroy borders and shit. I'm like, yes, I agree with you. And that, and it's always compelling to have um, villains that have like interesting motivations and not just like these black and white bad guys, you know. Um, so there is a lot there to like. Don't get me wrong. Ah, Wyatt Russell really pissed me off. But because he was so good, I hated his character. And I was like, this guy's God, yeah. he's being such a dick. And he's not seeing things clearly, and it really pissed me off and made me angry. I remember how pissed I got about it. Yeah. But that's great acting. Why, Russell, you killed it as U.S. agent, and I'm looking forward to more of that. But I'm also so much challenge, so much strife, so much difficulty for Sam Wilson in this show. And in The Winter Soldier, you know, uh, Bucky's great. He's just he's along for the ride. He doesn't have as many. Uh, issues here. This is about Sam Wilson's character, obviously. It's called the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, but really it is about Falcon becoming Captain America, yeah. and who looks fucking awesome when he oh, finally, yeah. re when he reveals that suit, that man, yeah. I was like, I was alone. It was still like late COVID, I remember. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm in my house all by myself. It looks yeah. so good, man. So no, I agree. I, I would put it higher, but then again, I'd have to see what I would take down. But uh, 
So I, I didn't think it missed anything in terms of energy. I just I went along with it, and in the end, I think it might be a top five for me. So. Oh, you know, uh, and I'll say this about it too, is that this, this phase explored more the optics of being superheroes, like uh, what it would mean to be that level of celebrity. And we saw that a little bit in Far From Home, but we see that in, you know, played out more in No Way Home. And you see that in Hawkeye, you see that in a, in a few different projects and you see it here. You see, you see the way that, um, that U.S. agent is exposed when he kills someone in, in, out in public, yes. and, you see, and you see the way that the uh, that the people are reacting to Sam Wilson getting the shield and all that kind of stuff. So I, I really like that kind of realistic aspect to it. It, it was very grounded. The show. There's a lot of projects. I mean, you can't they can't all be in the top five. I get it. So exactly, yeah. exactly. But it was also so we, earlier in the phase two, and I'm not phase two, but it's earlier in the phase as well. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking. I want to see how things play out here. And I wonder if maybe down the line, you'll revisit this and bring it up and not depending on how things go forward. But I, like you said, at the beginning of this, laying all this out, building from the early part of it, I also give, I might give a little more leeway to the earlier projects of this phase. Cause I think it's a little harder. It's so hard coming out of Endgame and the massive apex of mm -hmm. that. And then going yeah. into this new phase and with COVID, there's a lot of challenges in real life yeah. just to create this stuff. So, so maybe I have a little more, uh, uh, you know, compassion for the earlier projects. Well, I think that's a good point. There's so much jostling around um, at the at, at, of the schedules and that kind of stuff uh, um, when uh, changing the corporate's plans with yeah. COVID. Um, and you know, looking at my list, I would I, I could potentially swap with my number fifteen here because um, maybe I like them both about equally. Which is Black Widow. I I, I had waited so long for a Black Widow movie. I mean, I thought they were going to do a Black Widow movie in Phase Three at least, like yeah. early three and they and they should have and they they knew they fucked up so they were like oh okay let's finally make this one and we'll retrocon it and, and like wedge it into earlier in the timeline and 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 even after she, the character's fucking dead um but but still somehow introduce stakes and new things that are going to carry into the new into the new phase like like white widow for instance mo most obviously you know elena um her sister and uh what's Lord's david harbour's well, yeah, and what's David Harbour's character's name again? Um, oh, yeah, dude. Captain I, Russia, whatever the fuck. I can't blank it on his name. That was a highlight of the movie for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was awesome. So, and, you know, I loved the opening to that film. It was so dark and, like, like rough. Like, they're doing, like, like Marvel's take on human trafficking and shit. Like, this, yeah. is, this is rough. This is And so I, there was a lot of things about it that I really respected, um, them kind of going like having the balls to do and I really loved the interaction of Rachel Weisz and David Harbour and Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh I thought them as a as a family unit were so like that chemistry was on point I really could I could just watch a whole movie of them sitting around a dinner table I thought they were great um but on, on the other hand there is some I thought some missteps I thought Taskmaster Master like they I'm fine with Taskmaster being a woman. I don't give a shit about that. But like, how about some speaking? Like, you know, <laughs> speaking would be cool. Um, and talk about flat villains. I mean, I think that. I mean, I I, I love Brendan Gleeson as much as anybody. But man, he's got to be. Could you remember the villain's name? Is he the most forgettable, worthless villain out of the entire MCU? Because I think he probably is. Are you? Uh, just to be clear, you mean Ray Winstone? Was oh, it Ray Winstone? I always get those two guys. <laughs> See, exactly. Look at that. That shows everything you have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. There is uh, some similarities between the gentlemen, but yes, you're right. That was Ray Winstone. Yeah, dude. 
You got Ray Winstone and Rachel Weisz, two outstanding actors I, who I really have a lot of respect for. And then this movie's like, to me, you're right, the family, they're great together. Yeah. They have a great chemistry. They cultivated that to a T, but the villains, blah. And that sucks because Mr. Winstone has so much to offer. And Black Widow, to me, would be like at the bottom for sure. I, I was excited about it. I really was. And... It just is not memorable. It's not something I want to go back and watch. Maybe I should go back and watch it again. Maybe I should give another chance. There was just, I don't know. I'm not even sure what it is, frankly, because Black Widow has always been a character who I love. She's got these unique skills, you know, espionage and a spy. And the things that she can do are, there's no parallel to that. There's certain things that you could have all the power in the world, but you couldn't be smooth and undercover and secretive about it. You know, being under the radar is a crucial aspect of trying to gain information from others. But it's, but some of the beefs I had with Blackwood was just like, you know, these jokes have been done before where, you know, the kick she does where she wraps people around her legs and you know, the super quick cut editing. (laughs) We're like, it just looks, I mean, she's, She's not a super, she's a superhero, but she's not like a created super mutant. She's not a mutant. She's right. not. She's yeah. a human being. This is always a beef for me when it's like human beings versus gods, essentially, I guess. Yeah. And that's and that's another topic, I suppose. So I guess maybe I'm just not I, I have some beefs with how Black Widow's portrayed and like how they can't decide what to do with her sometimes, which is their fault, not hers. I, I was kind of indifferent about Scarlet Widow, or excuse me, Black Widow and Hawkeye prior to the MCU coming out. But as the movies went on, I came to love them more than almost any of the other characters, in part because they're normal people. And I thought that they did a good job of showing how they could, as regular humans, keep up and uh, with these godlike people. Like in the Battle of New York, where she just casually like jumps up and grabs that that alien that's flying over the bridge and takes off with him and that kind of and <laughs> like she's so fucking cool and she's and it's again like it's like they did it pretty believably but watching this movie when she she's literally falling like i don't know from forty thousand feet in the air and just jumping from thing to thing and like come on man i mean i could suspend my disbelief more than most people especially when it comes to the mcu but good lord man like at least give me a a semblance like a, just a just a, a, a an iota of reality here <laughs> yes that you just nailed it. That's what I was really trying to recall, and you thank you. That is it. You just said it all. Let's move on. Let's go to number thirteen. All right, uh, lucky thirteen. I'm gonna have to give up to Moon Knight. I, 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 oh. I definitely like Moon Knight a lot. Um, and I liked it even more on my revisit. Uh, I, this was one of the ones that I bumped up quite a bit. It was towards the bottom of my list, but after I watched it the second time, I liked it a lot more. I, in part, obviously, Oscar Isaac is incredible in it, and he does a lot of work in this movie. And, um, you know, Ethan Hawke is one of my favorite actors, and he sadly kind of underwhelms me a little bit in this show. Um, I, I, he's not bad. He's Ethan Hawke. He's incredible. Um, but I just kind of like, I don't know, just never really bought him as the character, to be honest. Um, and so, and I, and I, and I feel like the show suffers from not being plugged into the rest of the MCU at all, like at all, at all. I mean, like you don't need to watch anything <laughs> you ever to watch this show. And so I, I feel like, you know, I don't know, fucking have Spider-Man swing through or something. They're buddies, you know, like just <laughs> have something, just, a, just give me a little bit of fan service here. Um, but overall fun, uh, inventive, 
different, well shot, uh, and uh, again, even better on the second viewing. That's a really good point. I think they actually disrespected the show a bit, but trying to make it look, you've got an Egyptian character and that's awesome. And that's well overdue. And so we're getting, getting characters from all walks of life, from all cultures and all nations. It's awesome. We're getting all that, mm -hmm. but you also, you take it too far when you, like you said, they seem, it seems like completely removed from Marvel. It's almost like a show that was, if you didn't know any better, you wouldn't know it had anything to do with Marvel Comics or the MCU. It's like right. there's a it's a bad guy and a good guy, and it's a superhero movie, but barely it's more of like a mystical, fantastical, spiritual. There's all kinds of shit going on here. Gods, yeah, psychological, of course. And you're right; it would have been a nice touch to to ground it within the world. And I'm sure we're gonna see Moon Knight. And it's gonna be all brought together. So we'll we'll have patience. We understand that yeah. on the show. And I don't want to keep qualifying that because obviously there's more to come with all these shows that'll tie things in. But I loved Oscar Isaac. He was incredible. He played two different characters, essentially. I mean, him and Christian Bale, if they could like uh, connect, if Christian <laughs> Bale survives somehow and like shows up again, I'd love to see them take on a screen in a Marvel project oh, of some kind. <laughs> that would be cool. But That'd be great. For a guy who had no, I had no clue about Moon Knight. I didn't know shit about Moon Knight, and I really love the getups. I love the whites. I love oh, this outfit yeah. with like the white tuxedo, like suit with wrap. Yeah, head. Mr. Knight. Yeah, he's yeah. fucking great. That's so cool. I will say this: when I first watched the show, I was getting pretty pissed because I couldn't tell what the fuck was going on. Initial view when you first get into it, they don't spoon feed anything, man, and you're like, what? We're fast. We're going back and forth in time. They're not telling me jack squat. That did yeah. bother me, but uh, once I got to the end of the show, I loved it so much I didn't care anymore. So obviously it wasn't that important. Plus, Ethan Hawke was uh, really cool to see him just be like a really low key bad dude who wasn't too. He showed some rage. He showed some bitterness for sure, but he was outstanding. It was excellent casting to have him be this uh, arch nemesis to Moon Knight who isn't even a nemesis necessarily. He's just someone who's trying to figure this world out and was kind of forced into a world he didn't want to be in. So. Yeah. I mean, in some ways you're right. He, he was a, an ideal nemesis because he was very sound of mind where, um, you know, um, Moon Knight is not. He is a devoted follower as an avatar as opposed to kind of like falling into it and kind of like being suckered into it. And they both of their gods that they serve essentially do the same thing. The only difference is, is that... Um, Tecreed or whatever the name of the alligator, the crocodile guy killed people be before they actually commit crime. So, like, yeah. I thought they, I thought it did make a lot of sense. And as far as uh, horror in the MCU goes, I mean, the best horror scene I think so far out of the entire MCU is when um, the mummy is trying, is chasing um, his girlfriend, his wife, like around that table, and he's like up above after after the mummy had just like had just carved someone open. There's like blood and guts and entrails. Oh, yeah. It's a hardcore horror scene. It's like a scary scene. I thought they did great with that. So um, awesome, yeah. awesome show. Yeah, great show. Looking forward to more. By the way, I'm going to start mentioning the ratings. That's what we do on our regular show. This got a 7.3 on IMDb, just in case you're wondering. Good call. Now, speaking of horror in the Marvel Universe, uh, my next uh, slot up, I'm going to give to Werewolf by Night. I may have had a little bit of heightened expectations for this one. I'm not sure why. I guess the idea of like universal horror and MCU coming together, I may have just had too much. I, I, it doesn't, 
shoot it on film. Don't give me fake cigarette burns in the corner. Just if you're going to do this, <laughs> just like shoot it on actual film. And maybe they even did. And it's just so overly polished. I can't fucking tell. Um, but uh, it is a lot of fun. I thought, um, what's his name? Gael Garcia Bernal is awesome as, as the werewolf. I wasn't in love with the werewolf design. I don't, I think it's cause he doesn't have werewolf ears. It's just like a dude with the Beatles haircut. Um, <laughs> so that <laughs> I wasn't in love with that. Uh, and, and man, uh, what's his name? Man thing. Like watching it. I'm like, shit, he's a lot more like Groot than I realized <laughs> that all said, Elsa Bloodstone, I thought was great, um, and the the vibe of the of it was great. Having Michael Giacchino both do the score and direct made it so that he could like have these like transcendent moments where clearly like the the score and the shooting were very planned out together. And I thought that that really looked great. And as far as stuff that operates completely outside the MCU, this I thought it does stand pretty well on its own. Yeah, this just wasn't for me, man. Wasn't my thing. I, I, we, I mean, what we complain about Moon Knight maybe feeling like outside of this. How did this connect? Did I miss something? Like, I, it, I mean, it doesn't. Um, not no, not yet. It's going to probably with Blade down the line. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, there, there's a Dark Avengers. We're gonna see Werewolf by Night, Elsa Bloodstone, uh, Blade. Uh, what's his nuts that uh, John Snow plays? I'm sorry, John Snow. I know that's not your real name. <laughs> What's his nuts? <laughs> Kit Harrington? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to have this whole dark Avengers thing uh, form. You know, probably Doctor Strange should be a part of that, presumably. Oh, uh, yeah. Busy with incursions. But. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this yeah, wasn't I, my bag, man. This just wasn't much for me. That. But you know that. that. This would be at the bottom of my list. Uh, if I haven't seen Groot, though, I haven't seen the Groot shorts, maybe that would go below it. So. Gotcha. Moving right along to number. 12 12 thank you um and i always feel bad this is so low because it has been just torn apart on imdb like all female-led projects seemingly are i thought she hulk attorney by law was so much fun i just thought it was a ton of fucking fun it's like got a 5.0 or something stupid on imdb and you look at like the rankings everyone's giving it either a one or a 10 no one's giving it in between um if you like Marvel at all, I can't imagine not liking uh, this show. It's you get so much of like random other characters doing kind of fun, funny things like Abomination and um, you know Wong and these other and these other people. And you get introduced to new people like Mister Immortal. Um, you know, it's that that are a lot of fun. It's, this, the whole show is just you get daredevil i mean you get like all these great people and it's just i mean it's just like slice of life stuff did you ever want to watch a superhero uh take out the garbage no then skip this show but if that kind of thing (laughs) you think is kind of interesting then you might like this show it's very kind of prosaic in some ways and like you know like she goes to fucking therapy and shit like it's great i don't know i just i just thought it was fun plus you have you get more uh, hulk in this too hulk shows up so if you Right, if even if you're like, well, I'm not a huge She-Hulk person, you, the Hulk bridges the gap to She-Hulk, and how that goes down, uh, is that how that works? By the way, like I didn't know that that's how that works, and I don't really care that his blood is this, you know, uh, serum that could unleash the Hulk upon the masses, and I kind of feel like that's a mild concern for me because it makes it seem like it's a lot easier to be the Hulk than people realize. But I, that's not for the She-Hulk issue. It's just an overall concern I have for the entire universe where Hulks could be everywhere if his blood was able to be used. 
Well, remember he only he's only bled because he had that like restrictor on his arm that broke in the crash. So like ordinarily his skin is impenetrable and you cannot. That's what I thought. Him. Okay, all right. Yeah, like, I forgot about that. that. Is, yeah, so that's not the norm in the comics. Oh, okay. that, like that is what happened. And there are other Hulks. We're gonna and there's uh, what's his name? Um, Lee Angus. I can't think of his name. There's like a Amade- Amadeus Lee. I think his name is is one of the new Hulks. Oh. Um, Amadeus something. Cho, Amadeus Cho. Sorry, okay. it came to me. Uh, and then, of course, Red Hulk. There are some other Hulks that we're probably going to see in the MCU pretty soon. And, and of course, Hulk's son, Scar. Um, so we, we there are other Hulks, but not a ton other, I don't think. That's fair. Look, the She-Hulk show was shit on incredibly by the time I watched it. I watched it about three months after it came out. And I loved it. I, I really enjoyed it. It's snarky. And it, yes, it's fourth wall fest. A lot of self-referential shit going on. And I'm cool it's with that. Comic. That's the comic. I mean, that's exactly right. how the comic works. So. Good. Then that's even better. I'm totally down with that. I thought uh, it was a show that brought in a lot of elements, a lot more than I was expecting with Wong showing up. And, of course, with Tim Roth as the abomination. I love and it. Like having, yes, he was such a highlight of the show, having this challenge. There's so much philosophical like self-help stuff that goes in with the abomination character that I wasn't expecting. It made me laugh. Yeah. It was funny. He's got his own retreat. When, it, when she goes out there and she has this whole group session with all these other weird superheroes that we're not familiar with, that was yeah. hilarious. And then the final episode, which I guess is controversial because it's so meta in a way. It's maybe yeah. so up its own ass. Well, what did you think of the final episode? I thought it was very clever. Uh, I could see people getting frustrated with it because it doesn't have a big because it, I mean, it, it does two things at once it both gives you like the big fight and all the characters converging at once that you kind of expect to happen but it's smart enough to be like yeah we know this doesn't actually make sense so we're actually going to negate all of that stuff that we just gave you um, so I thought it was actually pretty brilliant I wouldn't want to see that over and over again in any show oh yeah you get you get, you get one of those <laughs> you got to be very <laughs> careful yeah not to overdo that but yet yeah. the kevin is an acronym oh that's right that was great man such a send-up of feige and his his name and how it's just associated with everything <laughs> it was funny yeah. that was funny yeah, and it was good. a send-up of the final send showdown the final fight this is right. how it needs to be and like it seems so <laughs> typical that i think that was next level but you're right it can't be repeated She-Hulk is a funny show. The law opens up a lot of avenues. Uh, I like the the introduction of her, I guess, not maybe not her rival, but the woman who is pissed at her a lot. Titania. Yeah, Titania. That was fun. I like, uh, I forgot her name as an actress, but I enjoyed her work on New Girl, and uh, I've always enjoyed her. She's funny. So, I like She-Hulk, man. What's the other show she was on? One with Kristen? New Girl? Good Place. Good Place. Oh, she's on Good Place. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I think the She-Hulk would definitely be in my top 10 at least. So it might even be it, higher than that. It very nearly made it to mine. My number 10, I have to give to What If. I, I found What If to be I think it's 11, but whatever. So. Um, 19, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10. That's 10. Oh, shit. Okay. What's your list? I always keep a track of my head. So Yes, 10. Um, what If is my number 10. Uh in a weird way, again, speaking of like the stakes don't actually matter because all of this isn't really happening. But at the same time, a lot of it is uh, a lot of it played into multi- um, multiverse of madness, not as much as I would have hoped, but a lot of it did. And some of it played into other places as well. Um, and we're going to see like like the Loki stuff and the uh, Kang stuff. I think some of that kind of plays in there a little bit. And 
I loved seeing fucking Spider-Man and Black Panther fight zombies. I mean, that was so cool. And again, also, this is the last time we really got Chadwick Boseman playing the Black Panther. So to have his voice for those parts, I thought that was really important and really cool. Uh, I, I, the idea of fucking this Ultron that had conquered had, that had won and gotten the infinity gauntlet like what a nightmare scenario <laughs> uh that is i mean just i, I it, it's i thought it was great i thought it was brilliant and i'm really excited for season two it was even better on the second round that i watched it yeah i didn't watch every episode i watched a couple of them i i wasn't i don't know for some reason i was like okay yeah what ifs are fun and it was an animated thing i don't know why i like animated shows so some reason the animation like i'm like okay well this isn't like as big a priority for me so i feel incomplete on this and maybe i should i should finish it is what i should do really so i'm gonna take you're right i only watched like uh two or three i only watched half of them i think so i i need to finish the rest of it and then give my final take on it but when i did watch it i was like okay this is this is fun I, i like going in different directions and making a world that doesn't exist in the main realm of the MCU becoming a reality, at least on a TV show. So uh, maybe it's better than I realized and I'm not giving it its due. And I mean, you, you said you wanted more, you know, Captain Carter. The, the, the first episode is all Captain Carter. Uh, mm. so you, you really get to see that. And 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 Steve Rogers in a different light as well. Um, the, the hero that he is without the super serum is still awesome. Because that's one of the reasons I've always loved Steve Rogers is because like it's not the it's not just what's in him. It's what's in him. You know, right. it's the person that he is. Um, so absolutely. I thought the show was great, and I'm I'm stoked for season two. And you know, you got more Killmonger. You got all these voices back. You know, everybody except for Scarlett Johansson and uh, Steve um, Chris Evans came okay. back to, to 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 voice their parts. So that's that's a lot of actors coming in. Like Josh Brolin came in. I mean, like everybody came in except for those two. So that's pretty cool. Okay. All right. Well, hey, let's rock and roll. Going down to number ten. Number nine. Oh wow. Uh, are we? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Let's wait. Let's uh, review the list so far. Go go down from where we uh, right, began, so just to 18. remind people. All right. Number 18, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Number 17, I Am Groot. Number 16, Thor, Love and Thunder. Number 15, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Number 14, Black Widow. Number 13, Moon Knight. Number 12, Werewolf by Night. Number 11, She-Hulk. Number 10, What If. And right. my number nine... My number nine was one that drastically got moved down on, on my rewatch because I really loved it when I watched it the first time. And I do still love it. I just found that I loved other things more. And that's WandaVision. Uh, WandaVision's great. I really loved WandaVision. I, I, those first two episodes or so are kind of uneven. Once it gets going, it's amazing. Um, I, I am also left feeling a little bitter about the way that this character, Scarlet Witch, was prepped to do these great things and then was just so misused in Multiverse of Madness that it kind of, I think, it affected how I feel about WandaVision. Oh, yes. We should have talked about that. You're right. I'm so glad you brought that up. That was, yeah, that really pissed me off. That's one of the key things about that one that really did bother me. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, they, they, they've set her all up in a certain way and then just turned her into this fucking two-dimensional bad guy villain who's only concerned about her kids. And like, and it's like, you know, that's not quite... I mean, I know that she was a villain at one point, um, but she was a villain because she was like filled with rage towards a specific person. She wasn't trying to burn the whole world down. Her family was, was murdered. To, <laughs> yeah, she was trying to get Tony Stark specifically. And, you know, it's it's just like, I don't know. I, I, they, they, they just... 
ruined it. And so, yep. and then, and then watching the show again, there is some great moments. It feels like Marvel in a way that some of these other projects maybe don't as much. Um, it, it just feels very marvelly. And and most for me, the thing I love most about it is frankly the Vision. I mean, Vision is one of my favorite MCU characters, and I was crushed when he died. So when he came back, and that we got him in like these different ways, White Vision and stuff, I, yeah. I really really dug that. So I'm looking forward to Vision Quest, a rumored uh, you know TV show that might be coming up starring him. I'm hoping Vision. Yeah, Paul Bettany is an awesome Vision. I really hope that continues. I would hate to lose him. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, his voice is soothing even before he became Vision when he was inside Jarvis. Tony. Yeah, when he was Jarvis. and Yeah. Yeah. I love Vision so much, but I also have really grown to love what was cultivated in WandaVision with the Black, the Scarlet Witch's character. It was just, mm -hmm. it was an annoying beginning, like you said. It was also the very first show to roll out, right? So yeah. it's like, what are we going to see? A lot of pressure. Yeah. And people were like, what the fuck's going on? And everybody was watching it because it was COVID and everybody was at home. So mm -hmm. it was a it was a show that had an opportunity to really set a standard. And I believe that it did set the standard, even if it it came out in a way like if you had to watch it wait week to week to see it all, right? Because I believe it came out once a week. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And if as opposed to like binging it later, which I did, you know, that would have been more frustrating for me, I bet. But being able to binge it, I was able to move forward. And, and Catherine Hahn was, uh, she was having a ball, just being a total bozo. She yeah. killed it. She crushed yeah, it. Yeah, she did. Yeah. And she was a key aspect of a villain who was funny, but menacing and had all the reasons to be pissed off mm -hmm. and to really take advantage of their power. She is. I mean, she's a real threat, and these are really, really powerful beings, just the two of them. So, yeah. I love and it. it also reintroduced characters from other elements. That, you know, we got Jimmy Randall Park as Jimmy Woo, who we'd seen in the Ant-Man films. We got yeah. um, uh, Kat Dennings as Darcy that we, had, that we hadn't seen for a couple Thor movies. Garbo and we, Thors. We got, <laughs> and we got Monica Rambeau in there from the Marvel, from Miss Marvel. So it was, it was a really fun, cool way to, like, take these really likable characters that we haven't been able to see and spend time with a while and plug them in and get to see them again and have it make sense. Well, that's what's an indictment of the other shows we were talking about already where they didn't yeah. include like with Moon Knight and such. So they should have included more characters. WandaVision set that tone right away. But even if they weren't major characters, they were characters from other pieces of the Marvel world that they brought yeah. in immediately. And it set a tone like, oh, we're going to get a lot of this with every show or every movie. And that didn't always... That promise wasn't always fulfilled, which might be a little no, disappointing to some. That's a really good point. And you have when you have characters like Jimmy Woo and and Darcy, or or even like some of the people from like the um the the um department of Oh yeah. Like you know what I'm talking about the guys from the Marvel show, yeah. um, the destruction department. Like you, you have all these different people, like you don't have to like plug in fucking Thor. You can plug <laughs> in these like smaller characters just to make just to build that connective tissue like they did in WandaVision. So I thought WandaVision was great. Just great. Yep. I agree. Um, my number nine, I gotta give up to the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. You know, I love the Guardians. <laughs> talk about talk about characters that I did not know or care about prior to the MCU. Um, I just love all of the Kevin Bacon so much. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> you love Kevin Bacon? Oh, my God. The, the, but, like, talk about setting something up for, like, years in advance. I mean, like, the, Kevin Bacon was referenced in both movies, and then for him as the actual person that he is to enter the MCU 
in as himself is so funny there there is some stuff about the special i'm like okay I, you know the old 97s playing like music is alien uh, like, oh, it's right, very Christmassy. Uh, whatever yeah <laughs> it's a christmas special exactly yeah. um but you know they they did some stuff here that, that i think are is important steps they introduced that cosmo the dog is now part of the guardians oh and, you and love both. that i like that too yeah oh i did i did i because I, I loved Cosmo um, in the in the you know in the first movie. I was like, oh no, they're they're supposed to bring him back, and he's a woman now, but or a female dog, I guess now. <laughs> but uh, that's fine. Um, what's her name? The uh, she's she's a woman from those Sprint commercials, or uh, I can't think of her name, Vanya Valtrub or something like that. She's from like a bunch of cell oh. phone commercials. Oh yeah, oh she's. She- Got a she's whole great. world out there. Yeah. Yeah. She was in the Werewolves Within. She's really good. I, I'm blanking on her name. I, you know, I have the power of the internet in front of me, but I just kind of refuse to use it in our show for the most part. Who cares? Sometimes I, I did just look up uh, Randall Park's character's name. So I guess the uh, hey! arbitrary. By about the way, that. It's, anyway. ca- it's called the Gal- Gardens of the Galaxy holiday special. It's not a Christmas special per se. Yes, it is the holiday special. I just notice that. I'll, although there is. But, I think that's kind of like in keeping with like the Star Wars holiday special and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, this is exactly you know, what that is. You're right. That's what they're doing here, you know. And I feel like we don't have that much time left with with Dave Bautista playing Drax, being that he's very publicly come out a few times and complained about playing Drax. Like, I don't know who the fuck you'd be without this character now, dude. You wouldn't be starring in M. Night Shyamalan movies if you uh, yeah. if you hadn't been cast Glass as Drax. Onion. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I, th- I mean, I also understand like the it can probably start to feel confining for an artist to be playing the same person and and over and over again. Why was and, he such a big part of this special then? <laughs> I don't know, but I I thought he did great. It was I mean, him and um, Mantis together are a really fun team, uh, and they were fun on Earth jumping around and you know, great soundtrack. Um, I'm, I'm a big Christmas music fan. Christmas music when it's good. And uh, there's some really good stuff to pull from this as well. Yeah. Just, just a lot of fun. Mantis just got all... really pissed on this uh, show too. Mantis is getting a little bit more snippy than usual. Yeah, she's coming into her own. You know. Yeah, she's notice that. Yeah, yeah, she is. She's uh, well, maybe it's because Drax is so annoying too. She just can't take it anymore, and I wouldn't blame her for that. Yeah. I, I thought it was a lot better than I was expecting it to be. I thought it'd be just total trash, like the original Star Wars holiday special. But this yeah. is definitely much better than that. And there's, it was worth watching. I'm glad I watched it. And uh, the Kevin Bacon thing, goofy. Way to mix it all in. Good show. Nice little show for the holidays, and it's setting up the new movie, which will be out in May. Yeah. So, uh, definitely loved it. Number seven, I got to give up to Miss Marvel. I I thought Miss Marvel was fantastic. And again, just kind of bombed on the IMDb ratings and whatnot. But uh, this character, I thought, was a lot of fun. Uh, I love the music that they use. I thought that the acting was great. The first episode, I remember watching the first episode and went, oh, this sucks. This is <laughs> not going to be good. Uh, and I really turned around on it. And the second viewing, I liked the I liked the show even better. I just thought that they really nailed it with this one. Hmm. Ms. Marvel. I watched the whole thing. Uh, you know, teenagers can be a little bit annoying, I suppose. These are kids. You know, they're not adults, so that might bother yeah. some people initially. Uh, I was a teenager once, so I should what? have some appreciation. Yeah, I was. Uh, empathy for those people. Um, mm-hmm. This, I don't know. I, this definitely isn't in my top ten. I'm surprised you put it this high. Uh, 
I think it's interesting. Uh, I did watch it and feel like, oh, she's quirky and funny, and the relationship with her buddy, who's the super genius who moves away mm -hmm. to go to California, is fun. Good chemistry there. Uh, this For family real. that's got secrets within it is cool. It's like, oh, what's going on here? And again, it also brings in a, a Muslim family, right? And mm -hmm. this this whole the whole the, the way that they tied in the whole history of yes. being refugees from Pakistan and the whole. I wasn't even familiar really with uh what was it called? The partition? Like, yes, the partition. I was like yeah. I like it heard the term, but I didn't know the details. So it, I'm gonna give the show credit for that because it as a guy who loves history, me and Travis are both history buffs and uh and more than that, you know, you're a certified history person, but there is always an opportunity to enlighten people about past events mm -hmm. that we're not aware of that affected a lot of people. Be, I mean, the Holocaust is awful, but there's a lot of other events that really have hurt a lot of groups of people in the millions. And I was so glad to learn about that. So that alone, I'm going to give kudos to the show. It's not something that's forced. It's a very natural part of yeah. the family's history. And I think people who look at it like, oh, they're just trying to force this in because it's another cultural aspect of the world. But you're just, you're being ignorant. You're not slowing down and saying, look, there's a whole world here that I was unaware of and I should be grateful that I get to learn about it. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're the kind of person that like looks at this project and goes, oh, a girl and a Muslim, <laughs> like fuck off. You're not what Stan Lee was ever about. Like everything that Marvel has been about as far as the characters gone have always been about inclusion. And like he always set out to properly represent uh, United States of America. Like now, obviously, there's a lot of very white characters early on, but still, like when he was introducing characters uh, of color and stuff early on, that was always his plan. And Marvel has stayed true to that. There are uh, like two percent, three percent of this country are Muslims, and that's a pretty substantial minority of people. That is millions of people, and uh, to have like and, and the partition that was 19. 45 or 49 it was like in the 40 it was not that long ago that was in the lot the, 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 the grandparents or great-grandparents lives of people so to have that included is almost like necessary it grounds it in reality and and then other like kind of muslim culture stuff too like when they're the, they're wearing like the muslim kid and then the white kid are wearing like the the halal and haram shirt or hats like it's so funny <laughs> yeah so funny and um, there's callbacks to like to Muslim discrimination and post 9-11 world where right. mosques are safe space for Muslims, but yet they're being infiltrated. They're not. I, I, what's the name of the uh, I, I like that this was brought into the, the security. Why can I think of why can yeah. I think of it's the Department of I want to say destruction, but that's not it. Yeah, uh, D, Department of not def, not defense. It's like but it's like the D.O. D.D. <laughs> or D.O. Oh, Department TV. of Damage Control. Ah, yes. Thank Damage you. Control. Okay. Yeah, that was cool because that made it to me. It actually grounded in realism. Like, okay, there's this secret yeah. department in the United States, and they're infiltrating mosques to try to they're trying to root out superheroes, but they're also using it to take advantage of it to maybe do other nefarious shit. And that was like, whoa! I we lived that. That just that just happened right. in this country over the last twenty years. Yeah, and, and we'd seen the DODC in uh, the very beginning of Spider Man. Uh, the first one homecoming because that, this right. is the group that comes oh, yeah, that's right. the vulture um, from yeah. collecting all that stuff so it was it was cool to like bring them back because it makes sense to bring them back it makes sense to have this department interfere and be part of the world so so again like i thought the show was and of course all the connections to captain marvel so to have a separate character and still ground it in the marvel universe i thought this walked both sides of that line very well and it was just 
delightful. It was just, you know, it was just, it just made me feel good. That kind of show. So I like that quite a bit. Yeah. I'd probably put it like middle of the pack, but it's, it's solid. Right on. So moving on to number six, five, no, one, five. two, three, five, six. I can All count. Right. Uh, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Oh! Man, this, this one so, talk about fun and uh, again, represented representative but like fun just and feeling very marvel grounded in culture again um bringing back old characters that, like ben kingsley's character trevor that we had spent time with before and unexpectedly get to see again uh and showing that this character um deserves to stand alongside all of the other of you know the, the new batch of avengers that are coming up like clearly has like the personal history as well as the family history as well as like the the power um you know necessary to be a big swinger in this universe like they've this is a character that you know he's been around since the 1970s i'd never fucking heard of him and i'm a kind of a marvel nerd a little bit but i'd never heard of shang and uh man they really made a character that i really cared about and got engaged in and and um what's his name uh simu simu lee what's his name simu shit simu lee um, just a, like an instant star. I mean, just 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 owned that character, owned that movie. Aquafina is great too, but man, like this just instant uh, star. I thought she was she was I totally fine, anyways. But yeah, I, did, he, I don't he, I don't like Aquafina. That's my beef. But Simu Lu uh, was fantastic. You're right. So yeah, I thought he was really she, really good. She was a little forced. Uh, it it didn't seem natural their chemistry to me at all. Although I really really thought Simu Lu was awesome. I did. And when they come together and, and they're going on their adventure, I just, I was like, can we get someone better than Aquafina? I just really I believe that. And I'm going to stand by that. Okay. I thought she did fine, but I can, I can appreciate where you're coming from. She is, I think I want to see she's, she's substantially older than him. That kind of like made me feel like that she looks it and not, and nothing against it, but like, <laughs> I'm not, not, I mean, she's beautiful. I'm not talking about that. I just mean like in terms of no. like them, like having this kind of shared history and to also be aware. And I've seen this in other stuff before too, where you're like, wait, you're supposed to have like grown up together, but you're clearly like a decade apart. Like I, it's hard for me to like, square that circle oh you know what's funny you know what I mean? they're one year apart in real life <laughs> oh shit i was way off i'm sorry, hey. I'm sorry Aquafina. Um, I, I guess i didn't she's I, watching I just, she's pissed she's, <laughs> i feel like a jerk i guess maybe she's just been around longer and been more famous longer so I just kind of assumed that maybe i don't know where i got that from now i feel silly it's but, okay it's just your but, own but, instinct who cares but maybe i'm kind of hitting on what you were hitting on that i didn't quite thought the I thought the chemistry was fine, just not like romantic chemistry. You know what I mean? I uh. bought them as friends very realistically, but once it kind of like tried to move into something other than that, I'm like, wait a minute. I thought you guys were like brother and sister sort of. Like I just didn't really feel a romantic vibe between the two of them at all. Okay, that's a great point. First off, yeah, no romantic vibe. Friends vibe, not bad. Just Solid. Right. Yeah, but they did fine with that. I guess when they get to like the, the big showdown in the realm there that they're in, yeah, um, yeah. and she's, yeah. you know... There's kind of it's kind of like there's like some Rocky Four esque moments like training montages and like <laughs> learn the weapons you know like everyone's yeah. got which is I, I don't have a real problem with that that could be done it could be fun when it's done right uh, but she trying to like become something more I I just thought it was a bigger leap for me and it stood out enough that I'm saying it so that's mm. that's my point I guess too you know but Michelle Yeoh's in this and she's awesome like you said Dude. and yeah and now that you know yeah. who she is with 
being on top of the world right now with everything everywhere all at once. I mean, this is her time, man, and I'm glad that she's involved in the MCU through this. Yeah, and um, the villain also, again, like a very compelling villain. Yes. Um, I did, he, he was not this cookie-cutter, like, what is your motivation kind of villain. I, I, they did a really good job. Yeah, the history him. of the family, was it was a very <laughs> difficult choices were made, and it was very challenging, uh-huh. and I... It's a really, really solid film. I, it probably might crack the top 10. I have no beef with it being where it is. I, I'm cool with that. I, there's just so many other things. where We're getting to a point now. We're, we're going to hit the top five. So I'm thinking where we are right now. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking about the things we haven't mentioned yet. And I'm we might have some real beefs here coming up in the top five. But Shang uh, Chi, that's a good call at number six. I, I'm fine with it. Well, do you know what your top five is? Will you be able to hit us with that? Yeah, I could do a top five, but let's do number five and let's uh, right. let's oh, go ahead. Number, number five for me, I, I'm going to give up to the epic Black Panther sequel, Wakanda Forever. I thought this was uh, well done. Speaking of like ha- kind of having to work with what you got in uh, the face of chaos to construct a cohesive, emotional uh well done story when you've lost your star and and present that movie and kind of still keep him in the center while also bringing all these other characters up to fill that void i thought they did a really fine job i thought that who's i should have i I, I don't know his name off the top of my head but the guy that played namor um he was great in the the forever purge i thought he was awesome in this too uh talk about talk about a star in the making i really want to see more of him as namor could have been so cheesy with the fucking ankle wings but instead he's a badass tanakweta yeah okay that's why i'm okay tanakweta tanakweta all right well he did great and i'd like to see more of him and I thought that uh, Letitia Wright did well in character in carrying the film. I think that Angela Bassett's uh, Academy Award nomination is well deserved. Um, I, I I wept openly watching this movie like multiple times. Um, and I don't know that I've ever been in a more quiet theater than in the opening sequence where the Marvel thing goes quiet. It's just all Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, and Black Panther. I mean, just it was like I was it was like I was in a church when I was in the theater and, and uh, just had chills. And the whole movie, I thought they, they just, I mean, a little lengthy, but really well done, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, no, well. So it's this, not in your top five. It's not in my top five. And I feel bad just saying that because Chadwick Boseman is an incredible actor, and it's a fucking tragedy that he died. But this is a bottom line business. Sorry, folks. I know it's it's harsh, but we're critically reviewing phase four. And I watched it freshly, too. It's still fresh in my mind. I didn't talk about it on the main show, so let me say a few things about it here that I didn't say before. And that is, you're right, the beginning is a great, it's an opus to him and his death, and they acknowledge that. And, of course, they couldn't deny it, but, you know, there's been movies that try to, like, just move on, and it has Mm -hmm. been done before in terrible ways. So this is a kudos Mm -hmm. and a tribute to him. And Angela Bassett, when she unleashes on everybody, about what about what I've lost? Yes, it's very, oh it's powerful and it's legit. Yeah. It is like the sacrifice that's going on here is incredible. The the arrival, the arrival, the new enemy slash possibly not an enemy. You know that I think that's where I get a little confused here is with you have this new group of people, this subculture under the water, and mm-hmm. they want they they're afraid of the world above water right but they also 
maybe want to be allies with Wakanda, but there's this connection that both have access to vibranium, which is a new deal. Like, oh, wow, there's vibranium underwater we didn't know about. And you got like the U.S. being imperialistic, trying to take over and and scumbag their way. Yeah, doing what they do best. And, and France, yes, all these imperialistic nations. That, that's displayed properly. I just... I don't... I'm not sure what it is, Travis, but I feel like there's a way to reform the relationship between these two cultures. And I mean, the way it ends up, how they're so angry at each other and they're having this big showdown and it's on the Island and it's just a one-on-one battle between the two leaders and they're so pissed and they're so full of rage. And, and the movie is trying to push that like, Hey, you know, you don't have to be full of vengeance, Shuri. You can take the high road here, all right? You can change. Yeah. This is another one of these things about, you know, great power, great responsibility, Spider-Man shit. You know, this is a common thread yeah. about you have responsibility to protect more than yourself. It's about the people you are ruling over, too. And I think this aspect right here, Travis, this is the key for me. And maybe this is what it all comes down to. I really, really felt that, first off, uh, the return of, Lupita Nyong'o was fantastic. I was so glad they brought yeah. her back because I loved her character in the first one and I was sad that it felt like we weren't going to get more of that. So I was thrilled that she shows up. I actually thought she should have taken the mantle of Black Panther over Shuri and Shuri should have been the, the queen. Shuri was the ruler. I, I really, I actually had a conversation with somebody about this in real life after the fact and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what? I kind of agree with that. I'm, I'm curious what you think of that. Um, you know, uh, there was a lot of speculation over who was going to take the mantle of the Black Panther and no one thought who's going to take the mantle of King or Queen because we didn't know that the Queen was going to die. Right. Uh, so now it, it looks like um, Mbaku, Winston Duke's character, is going to be the new ruler of Wakanda from what I gathered from that last sequence. It seems like she was uh, uh, giving up the throne yeah. by not showing up there. So, but so it looks like she's going to continue as black Panther and he'll be the ruler, which I don't know if I've ever said this on the show before, but great call. I'm not, I'm never calling that character man ape, which was his, his character from the, from the Marvel comics. Oh shit. Um, using Mbaku was a very good call. Yes. Uh, and, and also probably my, probably my favorite character from both the movies. I just love him. Um, he's a little, yeah, he's yeah. a little, He's a little bit too much um, like comedy relief in this one, but they also balance that by like having him give this like really wise guidance, which I thought was great. They almost lost um, it. You're right. He kind of brings it almost. back there at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him in the next one. I hope that he gets more focus. Oh, 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 oh. oh, dude. Yes. I love that. I love it. Um, so, so, uh, Shuri, I think also made sense to be the Black Panther. Um, it, as far as, it, as the, um, script goes because Lupita and uh, Lupita and Yango's character was gone. She was in Haiti and uh, had not been there for a long time, so it just wouldn't really make sense um, for her. And also, she's you know, I mean, um, she's I don't know that. Uh, well, both neither one of them quite had. No, you're right. Uh, as far as the character goes, she was a lot more trained, a lot more physical, a lot she more. She's a spine. Like, Look, she yeah, saved and, the day and initially and in, to fighter. save Shuri. She literally fought and and well, I guess so did um, Shuri in the Endgame battles of at True. Wakanda. But yeah, so I mean, I, I guess ultimately, whoever ended up getting the Black Panther, we probably were going to be a little dissatisfied, no matter who it was, because it's not going to be Chadwick Boseman. 
maybe that's fair. I I just remember sitting there in that moment when she's trying to take the serum and you're wondering if, if it might not work because she had that. The, yeah. By the way, bringing Killmonger back for that oh, so uh, awesome. afterlife scene was awesome. And that was oh a great. God. And that that was really well done. It was. Yeah. And I, I thought in the moment, like, you know what? I'm not fit to be Black Panther. You should be Black Panther. I thought that would really happen there. And maybe that's what I wanted. So that's my movie I'm trying to create. And I can live with that. <laughs> I, I'm a human being. I'm like everybody else. I'm like, I want this to happen. Oh, well, well, how about speaking of historical stuff, how about Namor killing slavers on a encomienda when he, when he comes <laughs> back? I mean, how fucking awesome is that, dude? Yeah, that's, that's sweet. so great. That is beautiful. That is badass. And you're right. Yeah. He could look really lame with the guy with little footy wings. But instead, he's badass. He is a it's badass. Kid. He yeah, looked, like the kid that did that was—I mean, like yes. the look in that kid's eyes, great acting, and I, and yeah. the, the score from this from from this movie uh, and and the performances from Baba Mall, uh, the 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 Sengalese singer who actually shows up as a funeral singer in this movie, just—I mean, just goosebumps just thinking about it. So so to me, a really um, satisfactory sequel to the first one, given you know the challenges that they had, that the filmmakers had, Kugler and the rest. Yeah, it's not a bad movie at all. Uh, it was, I think you just lose Chadwick Boseman. It just hurts a little bit, and yeah. you're just losing a little something. And I, I can't wait to see what happens next. I like that they're going to work together. It seems like maybe they shouldn't have worked together in the end. Uh, that was my other beef real quick, going back to that final fight. It feels oh. like it kind of seemed a little forced. So like he suddenly gave, he's like gave in. He's like, I give in, and I'm going. Because yeah. he was so... He was so locked in. He was so locked in. It was questionable there. And but even the didn't original, want to lose him. yeah. And even the original reason why they're fighting, like he, he just wants to kill, um, you know, Ironheart, uh, Riri Williams. Yeah. And then like it kind of, he kind of seems to no longer give a shit about that. Like halfway through, it's kind of like, <laughs> okay, it seemed like a bit of a MacGuffin, but all right, that's a good point. Um, yeah. So okay. not not a perfect movie, but I. I was emotionally invested in it enough that I, I, I personally got a lot out of it. Okay. That's fair. So my number four surprised me. Cause I thought it was, would have been my number one or number two, but uh, on my second watch, I realized I had to move it down a little bit. Uh, Loki. I, I loved Loki. I think Loki is uh, unconventional and brave as far as uh, like storyline goes. Uh, it, it challenges a viewer. It does things that you wouldn't um, that you got to kind of you got to pay attention. You got to keep up and uh, think about. And it's just and talk about averting a big explosive uh, battle ending, like to have the last episode be like a conversation, basically, uh, and still be just in like leave the audience enthralled, at least me in watching these people talk. I thought it was a brilliant show and it took a character like this was one of the shows I was least interested in. I never was that much into Tom Hiddleston as Loki. I know a lot of people were. Um, I thought he was fine. He was fine. And by the end of this season, I fell in love with the character. So well done. <sighs> Hawkeye was a good show. Loki was a good show. WandaVision was a good show. A lot of good shows. But they can't all be in the top five. Uh, Loki was a mind bender and really took us in a new direction for sure. And then seeing what we saw in Endgame where you get to see the prelude to the Loki show where he snatches up the, uh, oh Christ, which one is it? The blue one, the blue cube. 
that's on the scepter. No, the uh, Tesseract. Thank you, the Tesseract. Jesus Christ, Welcome. we're idiots. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're not idiots. We're just trying to do the best we can. But a lot of terminology here. There's a, yeah, I mean, Jesus, good God in heaven, there's a lot of terminology. <laughs> uh, it was a great show to watch when I watched it, and having Owen Wilson pop in, and yeah. having all these, the variants, when the variants episode shows all these, I mean, seeing old man variant, uh, what's his face, was hilarious to me. And seeing him in that uh, that yellow. Oh my God! And, yes, Richard Grant is Richard Grant. Yeah. yeah, with the yellow and green Loki outfit, which mm-hmm. I've always loved, with the horns. Uh, yes. and of course, the alligator. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny <laughs> yeah. as shit. It obviously, I uh, have seen what's his face in the background of the poster of the new Ant Man movie. So obviously, the Loki is going to come into play in Quantum Medium. I'm assuming. I don't know what it is because just because I've seen his his uh, kind Loki. Of, no, the bad guy, the overall timekeeper oh, dude. He he who remains. Yes, he who um, remains. So right. I just I just yeah, saw him well, in the background of the poster, so he's probably in there. But yeah, that's been a not well guarded secret. Yeah, I try to not pay attention to that stuff, but when you see a poster, it's like well, I can't unsee it. So Loki is funny, uh, plays with time and quantum physics in a way that I think could get a little in the weeds for people, where it's like, boy, I'm, sure. I'm kind of. I'm losing things here a little bit. So maybe that might be confusing for some people and turn people off. But for those of you that want to like use your minds more than just have action, 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 you want to have like a, an espionage time variant thriller. Uh, this is a great show. I, I just don't know if it'll sneak in my top five, but it definitely would be top seven, top 10 at worst. It's a, it's a really well done show. And I liked where Marvel went in the direction with Loki. Yeah. I'll also say that romance in the MCU is something I'm very, very seldomly interested in at all. <laughs> I could give a flying fuck. This is not why I go to the MCU. Yep. But the the love story between Loki and Sylvie in this, I think, is epic. <laughs> I think they do a great job with it to have this narcissist only be able to fall in love with a version of himself. Bizarre. Um, the, the untrustworthy and the untrust uh, bowl. Um, you know, just... Uh, I, I thought there was a lot of really awesome themes the way that, that they brought this together, and again, like some historical stuff and time travel stuff. They did a fun job with. I just, I just thought it was great. I can understand some people being underwhelmed by it, but for me, it's top notch Marvel. Yeah, well, learning about the whole, uh, the whole time structure. God, I, I need to watch the show again because I'm forgetting the name of that. The uh, TVA Time yeah, Variance Authority. Thank yes. you. That was awesome. I, I was so into that, and I thought it was. <laughs> It was so overdue that, that there was only these, these few people in charge of the overall construction and movement of right. time and all the branches and variants and how things can change and yeah. how you got you got it's a detective story too you know they're trying to figure things out by going off in these time branches and right. there's a lot of elements of Loki so if you're somebody who's like you got a lot going on in your mind you're overly analytical you'll probably love Loki because you could dissect it and play with it for hours and hours yeah. so it, it's a good show that having said that Travis there's only three things left we're in the top three here well let me finish with uh, yes but i'm not quite done with loki because one last thing is that uh to complain one more time about multiverse of madness the end of loki you're like you're seeing that there's like one timeline and then you see this chaos uh oh what the fuck is gonna happen next like oh my god what's gonna happen next and the answer is fuck all nothing's gonna happen um we're gonna change our all the rules on you (laughs) it makes none of that seemingly matters at least at least at that point of phase four, I'll say. Um, so it's not over. But um, yeah, uh, again, like it, 
if Kevin Feige is going to be in charge of all this and pull the strings, like maybe folks should listen to him and have the cohesive nature make sense and not just have Sam Raimi go off and do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a great point. Right. I can't top believe three. that we're in the top three and this one's still in there. So go ahead. We'll see when it shows up. Hawkeyes? Are you talking about Hawkeye? Because that's my number three. Number nope. three is Hawkeye. Nope. <laughs> I know it's what you're talking about then. Hawkeye wow. is my number three, uh, which jumped up greatly on my second viewing. I enjoyed it the first time uh, watching it week to week, but sitting down recently and watching it all in one afternoon, basically, I, I mean, this is so, it's just, it's so Marvel. It's so dead on, like just hit the nail on the head MCU, like, on, and uh, it fires on all cylinders. Uh, it connects to previous things in very emotional ways. This young girl watching, you know, the day that her father dies, she watches this regular human fighting amongst the gods and being able to keep up with them with a bow and arrow and save her life. And then to being so inspired by him to like uh, build up through her life to kind of follow in his footsteps and then meet him and have him be like this curmudgeonly gruff guy who's not very interested in mentoring her <laughs> and, um, and, and all of the humor with the Trustabro moving company, you know, the, 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 the sweat, the, the, what are they called? The sweatsuit mafia, whatever they're called. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, I mean, there's so much about this, this show and, and bringing in white widow again, Yelena Belova or whatever her name is, um, the Florence, Florence Pugh's character and, and echo as well. And of course, fucking getting Vincent D'Onofrio back as Kingpin. Yeah. Uh, was incredible. I mean, there's so much to me about this show. It just really hit the nail on the head exactly what i want in a marvel show give me make it feel like a movie but dragged out and some of the other ones did not quite achieve that wow yeah that's hawkeye i was least interested in watching of course because he's hawkeye um he doesn't always get the (laughs) respect he deserves when i finally watched i was like oh shit i'm so glad i watched this this show is really good and seeing kingpin with vincent d'onofrio was really a highlight for me i Kingpin is a dangerous guy, a big dude. <laughs> it was, yeah. We got to see a taste of him in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which was cool just to have a taste of some Kingpin. And the, I like Kingpin as a bad guy. It's kind of simple. He's a, you know, he's a fucking criminal. It's, but he's yeah, also he's this a big criminal. Yeah, he's a big <laughs> ass criminal. But he's also intimidating and he's menacing. He's holding power over people. And to have him brought in was something I didn't know was going to go down. But you're also right about how these two connect. It could be really cheesy for Haley Steinfeld playing Kate Bishop, who's the heir apparent Hawkeye here. So great. Yeah, she's rock solid. She's an excellent, excellent fit. And, you know, having some of the Ronin stuff mixed in was super cool because... Consequences. Yes, yes. That was, to me, what really elevated this show because we got such a tiny taste of it in Endgame. And I was like, I kind of want this Ronin movie. Uh, all together, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is funny. That's what those movies do. They tease you with so much shit, but to have it come back here and be like, wow, well, we got to deal with this now and we've got to figure out how we're going to get through all this much better show than I thought. The show is also in my top five. It would be. Yes. Awesome. And uh, I'd like to praise one moment in particular and gripe about one moment in particular uh, to have the scene where you can actually get like the point of view. And you got this a little bit with Monica Rambeau in uh wandavision but to see the perspective of someone who is dusted in the blip when yelena goes into the bathroom and then comes out and five years has passed and her host has a fucking baby and like the the (laughs) entire decor has changed that was so cool the way that they did that just really well done yeah Um, my only real gripe for this movie oh 
actually an, another piece of praise. It's I love the Christmas theme. It, you know, like having a Christmas. It's fucking great. Um, but the only real issue I have with this movie is when I watch every time or the show, every time I watch it, which I guess is twice now, but <laughs> I think about like how torn up Hawkeye was so destroyed about his family being dusted in the blip that he went on a killing spree across the globe. I just do not see him casually drinking out of a coffee cup that says Thanos was right. I think he throws that cup across the fucking room. Yeah, that's a gr- excellent point there. The way things ended up and like how he is with his family, it does seem like he would be a little bit more passionate. I, I think maybe they, it's almost like they chilled it out a little bit. Like, okay, maybe we he's went a little, guy. yeah, <laughs> well, he's also older, but maybe we went a little too far with like showing how angry he was. I don't know. You're right. There's, that's something you would not happen. I agree. I love that his hearing is going from all the explosions. Oh, yes. Because again, like he's just a normal human. So for him to be around all this and like he's this grizzled vet, like he's he's seen his best friend die. He's 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 not the his body's not what it used to be. Um, you know, he shows the signs of the wear and tear that you're not going to see in Steve Rogers or or, you know, Bruce, Bruce Banner. So I, I really thought they did a great job with all that. Thank you for saying that, because I just complaining about the Black Widow stuff earlier in the show. You're right. That is how you do it. You show yeah. someone who is frail and human and their clock is ticking. That was fantastic. That's another bonus for that show. Yeah, he's like struggling with whether or not he wants to use his hearing aid and whether or not he wants to learn sign language and all that shit. So well done. Yep. Very well done. So let's move on to my number two, which <laughs> blows your mind. It blows the 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 lowest uh, ranked film from the uh, phase four that, that made the least amount of money out of all the films in phase four. But I have watched, I think, four or five times now wow. and love more every time. Eternals. I love Eternals. Holy shit. Tell me. <laughs> Sell me on this. I, I mean, I'm not going to try because either you love it or you don't. Um, I, I don't think it's my job to sell you on it. Um, if your complaint as a film viewer is that the characters are too close to um, DC characters or, you know, to the justice league. Well, it's like, well, look into the creation of the characters. Cause Jack Kirby was very deliberately doing that. Um, that was exactly what he was going for. And the, the way that they, um, they even reference it. Like the, the way that these characters, so like, Icarus, for instance, is is clearly what Superman is based on, but also clearly what the myth of Icarus is based on. And Gilgamesh, like, actually is a is a character in this, and you get to see him fight the bull and like all this. I mean, as far as historical stuff goes, it's it's just steeped in all of these historical instances. And the individual characters themselves are so complex. To have one of the characters, Kingo played by Kumail Nanjiani, to have one of the characters in the climax of the movie be like, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out and just leave the fucking movie. That is brilliant. Like, they don't give a fuck, man. They're not trying to make some conventional shit that you think is, uh, you know, is is as how it should be. They're going to, th- th- these characters are complex and that the superhero, you know, the, the Superman version turns out to actually be a villain. But like, again, like has, you know, Icarus again, like he has these motivations that make sense and the, the complexity, what they're saying about God with this, uh, with um, the judgment, you know, I love the voice of uh, what's his name I'm blanking on the big God, uh, the, 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 the judge or uh, Arkham or Arsh- Arsham, Arsham. I think oh I yeah. Think. Yeah. Um, the way I love the voice, I love the, 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 getting to see a sentinel getting the, the, <laughs> the way that they approach this, the way that they're making like, the, the 
hey, God will destroy Earths to like build new Earths, and then like they're like, no, we're gonna fight against God. Basically, um, there, I think they took some huge swings in this thing, and obviously, just a lot of people it did not land for them. But for some of us, we really, really dug it because I know other people love this movie too. I thought it was great. Is it because Patton Oswalt's in it as Pip the Troll? Actually. Actually, no, I actually am not crazy about him as, as Pip because um, all I hear is Patton and I thought the CGI was not great. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's Arishem is the voice of the overall. Arishem, he talks like this. I don't know, but I, I, love, I love that voice. Yeah, maybe I should watch it again because I watched it and I didn't want to put any labels on it. I, I see why you appreciate it so much now it makes all the sense in the world i mean there is they really did try to steep historical records with yeah deities and mysticism and gods and religions and spirituality over here. the historical record ancient historical record as well so yeah and it's a fantastical film about the from the mcu that involves comic characters it's it's complex and I'm going to go watch it again. That's that's really what I'm getting out of this. Because when I watched it, I I absorbed it all, and I tried to keep track of it. And I did love some of the aspects where people, they didn't follow tropes. And, you know, yeah. uh, is it Athena? Is that what Aline, Angelina? <laughs> Just Athena. Oh, yeah. okay, Athena. You know, Athena's, Athena's, based on it. Yeah. Athena's challenges and how Ajax is yeah. betrayed. And she seems like the, there's righteous people who seem righteous, but they're not. Uh, mm-hmm. You're right. That. This movie does more for film in a positive way than it does for negatives. And that is always something that rings true with me. So I'm going to go watch it again because I did only watch it once. I didn't hate it. I liked it. I just didn't put it in my top yeah, five. If you've only seen it once, I mean, it's been a while probably. It's been a year or more since it's come out. And, you know, people complain about Marvel movies or superhero movies not being cerebral. And then they get one. They're like, oh, this is complex. I'm like, it's too weird. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry. I mean, I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was great. And and you, you get like these you get these villains that end up not really mattering because the real villain is the hero the whole fucking time who yes. set the villains loose. And the, and these villains are pretty well motivated, too, because they, too, have been abused by their God. <laughs> and so like so, again, just like the moral complexity, the historical complexity of these characters, you, you just don't really get that in uh, this genre that much. And I love it when you do. Yeah, I think there's. They're a group of people trying to do things together, but they've been lied to and they've been exploited. And they're also not, maybe they're not like the big, big tentpole characters. So people are like, ah, okay, well, maybe I'm not into this as I thought I would be, which is not an excuse at all. People, we should be willing to go in different directions. You know, phase four did that a lot. They opened up, if Guardians of the Galaxy in its origin was like a big move that actually paid off, then yeah. what phase four did is they tried to do that multiple times throughout the phase and the phase deserves credit for that. Now, Eternals is a movie that directed by Chloe Zhao and I want mm-hmm. to, sh- yeah, she, she deserves a ton of credit and I'm going to go back and watch it again because I think I might bump it up my list. I think that this is a movie that um, is going to look better and better as time goes on to people. I think it underwhelmed people at first just because they weren't, because I mean like, 
people weren't necessarily into the Guardians, but there's a lot of levity and action there to get you like on board with it. Whereas with um, the Eternals, you're like, hey, here's um, you know, here's a father and his husband trying to like figure out how to raise their son. Um, here is you know, here is somebody uh, making love which is kind of, I don't know if that was really necessarily necessarily needed to be in the movie, but still, like, these are adult <laughs> things happening in this movie. It's not it's not trying to titillate you. It's like, you know, it's just heavier. So, yeah, revisit it. It may not be in your top five, but I, I think you might bump it up a little bit. I think and I course, might. I think you might. And can you guess my number one? Big surprise <laughs> on my number one. This is some type Everyone of web-based, uh, not internet-based, but like literally web hands. Uh, the World Wide Web. Yes, no, yes. Spider-Man No Way Home naturally is my number one, unsurprisingly, perhaps. Um, is it? I mean, it it made almost $2 billion. It's one of the uh, highest rated films. Like uh, It's in the top 10, I think number seven, are the most uh, high, highly profitable films in history people liked this movie that said uh profit is not always an indicator of quality as we just mentioned with a multiverse of madness but it is an 8.2 by the way 8.2 is a really really good score and it has almost eight hundred thousand reviews on imdb people love it and 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 it does all the things that we've been talking about what we appreciate in these movies which is that it it has heart it has complexity it has fun it's just fun and it has all these connections to earlier in the mcu and in fact beyond like well beyond um into other film other marvel marvel films that predate the mcu so to, and it has to, a better doctor strange than the doctor strange movie itself <laughs> it really does it really does no stupid third eye that he freaks out about for two seconds then immediately gets over um anyways i it's which is from the comic but anyways you don't you're not just going to get over that in two seconds and walk around but yeah um i thought it was great you know i know that for some of these guys uh it was very much a paycheck let's we'll come back and get paid uh and for some of them it was uh an important like moment in their lives to like be able to continue to be that character that they had thought that they were going to continue to play and no longer were able able to play again and it was so well received that people want new spider-man movies with toby Maguire and andrew garfield and i'd be very happy if that happened um i, I don't watch any of the sony marvel movies because they're fucking trash but if they plugged <laughs> in uh, uh andrew garfield or toby Maguire, I, I might start watching them i might i would okay. who am i kidding but yeah and and the way that um they handled the entire Peter Parker story without really including uncle Ben and then to turn it on to um, aunt uh, Aunt may with her death and for her to be the one that is the sacrifice that to, to teach him uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Like I get like, emo- I mean, you know, I'm a little verklempt even thinking about it. Like they did such a great job of, of um, making that sacrifice matter. And the way that the the, the brotherhood between the three Spider-Men and their um, very noble superhero way that they're not trying to kill these villains, they're they're trying to actually save the villains, um, just super heroic and really well done. Yeah, this definitely wouldn't be my number one. Uh, Mm. I'm in the minority, I guess. But when I watched it, I, I said this on the show when I watched it, it a goddamn MacGuffin of like trying to figure out everyone's power fix when he's got all the bad guys locked up and he's yeah. trying to, they're all 
I was like, I, I just, I couldn't get over that. It bothered me, and it still bothers me to this day. Like, oh, here, I'm working on this MacGuffin machine that will fix your powers, Electro, and of course, it'll help you, Green Goblin. And well, I mean, it, it, just, it took me out of the movie. Toby Maguire's character had like 20 years to think about how he could help the Green Goblin. Like, literally, yeah, that's like how that's much true. time he had to dwell on that. Um, but I get your point. I mean, uh, maybe a little, little pat, a little nice, a little neat. In, in some respects, but in other respects, the movie is very chaotic. I mean, there's a lot going on. Um, there is. I I also love the way it continues exactly where the last movie ended. Uh, you know, Izimbra kicks in and like he's like still uh, suddenly dealing with the the whole world, knowing his his secret, which is from from the comics. I always kind of wondered if they would have the world find out who he really was and then and the way that they handled it i thought they did a really good job i can understand this not being someone's number one uh but i do think it is um among the better marvel movies period yeah maybe there's something with spider-man for me it's not my favorite and i don't know i want to be honest about that that could be clouding my vision a tad but i've I've enjoyed Spider-Man movies in the past, so there's something about this trilogy and the Tom Holland Spider-Man where I don't know. I, I people loved it because it seemed it was more true to the comic in a lot of ways than the previous versions in terms of him being mm -hmm. more of like a young innocent kid, like oh I don't know what's going on. And they changed yeah. things up in a good way. Like I love the Aunt May stuff. I, I was surprised, like oh shit, they really killed Aunt May. Fuck. Okay, cool. That's cool. I'm down with that. And his rage and his anger, and of course, bringing all the Spider-Men together. I mean, I loved Into the Spider-Verse a lot. Maybe more than all three of the Spider-Man live-action films, which is strange. I uh, couldn't blame you. It's an incredible movie. It's really good. Yeah, maybe it's not that. I mean, this one and Spider-Verse, they might stand. I mean, we'll see what they do with the next one here when it's coming out as well. But Very excited. I don't hate Spider-Man at all. I just... I'm not sure what it is. I got real. I loved when they brought when they brought Spider-Man back, and he became Tony Stark's right hand man. And they first brought him in for Civil War and stuff. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. I loved yeah. that. And he was mm -hmm. so innocent. A kid from Brooklyn. Him and Steve Rogers joking. Hey, I'm from Brooklyn. You know that was cool. So I, I'm not sure what it is. I, I maybe I should watch this movie one more time and really lock in on it. I just remember that having his challenges were like somebody. I, the other part was the getting into MIT and suddenly, you know, he's on the outs and nobody wants anything to do with him and he's ruining the lives of his friends. Yeah. That whole deal. I think I had another beef with that as well. Cause it seemed like, uh, you know, you've done a lot of good things in life and it doesn't, it seemed like it was a little force to me in a way mm. that I'm not properly describing. Okay. I mean, for me, it's always been Steve Rogers, Captain America, and Peter Parker, Spider-Man. They've always been like my two favorite Marvel characters. So that could also be part of it. That, well, and Ghost Rider, but we haven't really gotten. I mean, <laughs> Nick, Cage is, Nick Cage's Ghost Rider is fucking awesome. Don't get me wrong, but it's not. Yeah, it's that, not, yes, uh, that should make you come in your pants instantly. But yet the movies were so bad that it actually isn't. <laughs> yeah, and plus I'm a Danny Katz guy, not so much a Johnny Blaze guy. But anyway. Oh. Um, yeah. But okay. uh, yeah, I, I I love it, but I can see where, you know, where you're not. So I, I want to hear, what are your top five, bud? I think what's my top, top five, it's really hard for me to put in an order. I, I mean, I'm impressed you're able to do that. So if you did it, I guess I have to do it. I think my top five will be. From from five to one or one to five? Yeah, five, five to one. Uh, I'm actually going to put, I'm putting Moon Knight at five. <laughs> I All am. Right. 
I'm putting Moon Knight at five. I've got a She-Hulk at four. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I've got... I I really... That show's grown on me. I've got Falcon and Winter Soldier at number three. Okay. I, really, I, I said I love Falcon Winter Soldier, so that's not a surprise. Uh, and those are all three TV shows, by the way, right? So, what about the scene where they're like, where they, where they're suddenly in therapy together, and they're like knee to knee? Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what kind of fucking network TV cop show bullshit are you playing here? <laughs> uh, it's just funny. Maybe I laughed. Yeah, maybe I just blocked that out of my memory entirely. <laughs> That was pretty weird and silly. Yeah. Awful. Like no therapist is just going to drag some rando in and be like, "Hey, you know this guy. Why don't you sit down for our last session together?" <laughs> yeah, it sounds like an ethical violation. You're right. Yeah, there might be some confidentiality issues there. Uh, okay, so That's yeah, right. so Moon Knight five, She Hulk four, Falcon Winter Soldier three. I'm going to put WandaVision two, even though wow. it bothered me All in the beginning. I know, I know. I, I, in my number one. It's Hawkeye. So the Disney Plus TV shows really were a home run for you. Yes. I I'm just yeah. I really thought about it and I'm you know, I mean I thought about it for like 30 minutes, but still I'm like, I just sure. <laughs> I, like I said, Spider-Man's not my favorite. It might be like six or seven. I might have just missed the top five because it was it was good. Thor I thought was a mess, like I said. Black Widow, I didn't <laughs> Doctor Strange was trash. Uh, Eternals is interesting. I'm going to revisit. It might crack my top five on another view. But and I really like Shang Chi. That's like number six. That really is. That just missed. So I, good. I, I wanted to put it in the top five. I did, but it. So it could go either way there. Yeah, it's understandable. Yeah, it's a good one. And Black Panthers. Cool. Like I said, I, I had some disagreements. So it's like eight or nine for me. Okay. So overall, the the phase four. You know, it it, it it's heavy on these themes of grief and loss and trauma. Hmm. exploring these pretty heavy themes that the MCU hadn't I don't think that I don't think that any phase before had like a specific theme that you could identify so clearly as you can with this one we're very much dealing with the aftermath of Endgame and all that the loss of people like Black Widow and, and Iron Man so I really respect the thematic elements that they were able to weave together here in virtually every aspect of this phase. On the other hand, as we've discussed, it seems like um, a little bit more attention um, from the above, um, you know, from the from Feige and the like uh, could have really uh, helped keep this a little bit more organized. Uh, we've come to maybe be spoiled to expect uh, really strict cohesion between these projects. And we didn't quite get that with this phase even though we didn't get that with previous phases, it was more noticeable this time. Um, so I do hope that there are some, some, some course corrections that take place and judging on what we've heard from the most recent um, stuff from Feige and the like is with the changes at the, at the ownership of Disney, it's, and it seems like there's going to be a big slowdown of Marvel projects, which is a great call. They need to slow down. Um, you know, the, the, their visual effects people have been suffering and abused, um, overworked and, and underpaid um, with the expectations that have been unreasonable and the results such as some in She-Hulk that were less than favorable. So it, it'll be better for the show, for the shows and the movies overall for them to slow down. And I think that a bit of Marvel fatigue has been creeping in with the populace. And I want to see the, um, the same budgets for future projects. So I'd rather them slow down and focus more on quality than quantity anyway. So 
I like that there's a lot of stuff that comes out though. I that's I still like that. I mean, how much of a reduction here? Are we talking like 18 to 12 projects for a phase? Or? Um, there's, I think, two less movies and like a, a couple less shows is what we're going to get. I mean, um, there was a few blows for me on the TV and that we could have cut out, but I hope they keep at least the same amount of movies. Even if I don't love them in my top five, I want there to be a couple movies per year. Well, I think they're, I think it's going to be one or two less. I mean, I think it'll wow. probably still be... Like I think that's still going to be a, a like one or two less movies and then one or two less shows from what I gather. So not super noticeably different, not not a tremendous cutback, but enough hopefully hopefully to make it manageable for them. I mean that's partly you know you need these checks and balances. You need somebody to step in there and be like, uh, actually, Sam, it's really important that we don't have this character could completely fly off the rails. Let's have her like more gradually uh, take, you know what I mean? Just someone to kind of step in or, or more so be like, Hey, look, um, we've been doing all this stuff with parallel universes and, and the multiverse. Like if you're going to have a whole movie about the multiverse, perhaps you should watch these episodes of Loki and um, you know, yeah. have, follow that. Well, that's just, just fucking basic understanding of what you're creating here. Yeah. We want to create something new, but you have to, this has to all be organized in a way that makes sense yeah. that not, not to like just make sense logically, but it's part of character motivations. You have to know the characters. If you're touching base with characters that have already been on celluloid many times before, you need to be aware of what their motivations were. They can yeah. change, but the change has to make sense. You have a responsibility. I yeah. Think. And um, the overall MCU has been done great at that, which is partly why it's uh, a cultural experiment that is paying off in dividends. I mean, the MCU spent, or I guess Disney spent about one and a half billion dollars collectively on just the films, not including the, the TV shows. And the films have made in profit $4 billion. That's, 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 that's a lot. And they, this money <laughs> yeah. comes from, yeah. And this money comes, yes, from people who just love movies, but people love the MCU because of this built story and the foundations that, you know, it's just like, so keep that going. Don't, don't be fast and casual with that is what I'm thinking. <laughs> and, you know, I, after watching Ant-Man uh, quantum mania, ah, yes. Um, I will give some limited thoughts on that. I don't want to, no spoilers at this point, of course. I will say that um, this, compared to some of the other stuff we've looked at, does seem a lot more like it's paying attention to the timelines of Loki and WandaVision and some of the other stuff. Um, it, like it's, there are visual references and 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 things spoken that that make a lot of sense. So mm. I, I felt like that was a strong course correction. In that respect, it's getting very mixed reviews. I, I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. But I think it's going to be more a movie for people that are like the hardcore MCU and Marvel fans in general. Um, the casual movie goer might find it really fucking weird. It's really <laughs> weird. It makes it makes the car from uh, Ragnarok from Thor Ragnarok. It makes the car look like, uh, I don't know fucking pleasantville it looks really i mean it's it's a weird movie but i love oh, the it. when he's in the seat you mean he's going through the no i mean like the the planet of sakar and like oh sakar oh okay yeah just, and I was, just how yeah, weird i didn't hear the sick is. on it sorry i just heard oh, car yeah, sorry sakar sakar um we, you know it's not a spoiler to say that most of quantum mania takes place in the quantum realm and it is oh no shit uh, yeah, and it is a wild place to hang out. It is, it's fun. So <laughs> okay. I think, it's gonna, I, I think that might throw some people. I, I, I heard one reviewer describe it as uh, a bunch of Marvel uh, uh, screensavers, which is hilarious. But 
you know, again, like it's very, it's a, it's very visually effect uh, oriented. And uh, well, you love Ant Man, right? You love the Ant Man series. I I love both the first two Ant Man movies. This one feels different than the others because of the location, um, but it. It, it does feel more kind of like Thor Ragnarok a bit to me just because it's so fucking weird, but I enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed it. Well, that's fresh. He just saw that movie this morning, folks. So he didn't know spoilers, but he gave you a little taste of hey, you know, the initial response, that initial feedback. You know, I'm excited to see where things go next. Uh, one of my goals will probably be to try to see more of these films in theater again, because maybe not seeing these, the films in the theater it's taking away a little bit from my appreciation, although it's still the, I'm seeing it all. I mean, I have a nice television. It's not like a 25 inch white black and white television. That was a long time. We actually old enough. I had one of those in my room in 1993, but uh, I will say that I'm excited to see where things go now because we've, we've set up a lot of stuff. There's a lot to set up. So now we're in the, when you do a setup phase after a big apex of end game, it's, it's time to see some things, come into fruition which is i love seeing that i'm all down with laying the foundation but it's time to see what happens next and i hope we get some results that's all those those results are going to be a lot of jonathan majors Um, (laughs) that's that's what's going to be i mean like i walked into the movie theater today walking past jonathan majors posters um for creed 3 there was jonathan majors creed 3 previews before the movie then i watched jonathan majors through the movie then i walked out past more jonathan majors posters I'm like this guy's really become very famous very quickly uh and rightfully so he's an incredible actor and i loved him in this movie his he brought such a mournfulness to the character i was not expecting so, so this is going to be the jonathan majors era it's like the dom hall gleason era of 2014 okay cool um yeah well yeah i mean he's definitely the new big bad so we're gonna get we're gonna get quite a bit of him i think well that sounds like fun and hopefully this was fun and useful for you we we had some viewers along the way even though we promised this episode for a while and i'm actually (laughs) i'm actually glad it came out today because you got to see quantum mania and i think people would be like there's probably people jumping online right now people are watching wanted to kind of just revel in phase four and maybe already saw ant-man today so I'm glad it worked out the way it did. It's not ideal, but I'm glad we did the show because I, there's so much to talk about and dissect, and we should do more episodes like this where we dissect other parts of film more specifically than just, like, one movie. So this is a unique world. MCU is a fun place, and even though it has its challenges, it's always going to be a fun place to talk about what's going on with it. Yeah, I really had a lot of fun talking about it with you today. I've, it's something I've been wanting to do for three years almost or whatever now that we've been doing the show uh, to really <laughs> wow what a culmination deeply. you talk about being patient with the mcu wow it's, yeah I mean, like the, like i mean every episode we've done almost i'm wearing a marvel t-shirt and not, and not talking about marvel movies <laughs> so it's nice to finally be able to really dig deep into uh this shit with you still surprised by the, it's fascinating what ends up being the top three for you and what was mine so i'm glad that you laid out that list in the way you did and that's what's fun about this stuff, folks. We get to make our own opinions of what we see as like the highlights and the lowlights and what really touches us and what we dismiss as outright trash, although there was very little outright trash at all. So I liked everything except for one film that I made very clear I didn't care for. Yeah, and Groot's just short, so who cares? All right, well, hey, that was fun. That's the MCU Phase 4 Review from Travis Roy and Michael Govier of the Cinnamonite Podcast. We thank you for watching, and if you're seeing this for the first time, you know, subscribe to our channel, give us a like on the video, 
And if you're hearing this for the first time, which we were posting it in audio form, of course, for our podcast listeners, give us a five-star review. You know how that works. You're not foreign to these territories. You've been here for a while, haven't you? Probably. Probably. Okay. All right. Well, hey, Travis, that was fun. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 Tap. <laughs>